Here they come, your Camarda wealth leaders, slashing taxes, dominating risks, relentlessly pursuing profits, protecting your assets, and keeping you in stitches while leading to greater riches. Your Camarda wealth leaders with Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda, Sonia Embraceable U. Elia, Rob Bulmu Shevlin, also known as the financial anesthesiologist, you'll see why, and me, Jeff, I want to be a doctor, Camarda. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER, Camarda Wealth Education Radio. Let's face it, wealth matters to living a longer, better life for you and your family. Our goal is to painlessly educate you with uncommonly shrewd advice to help grow and protect your wealth. And while we aim to keep you laughing all the way to the bank, never imagine we're not dead serious about money. Jonathan Camarda is a certified private wealth advisor, certified financial planner, chartered market technician, chartered financial consultant, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board certified in mutual funds. Jeff is a certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, chartered financial analyst, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board certified mutual funds. He's also an enrolled agent admitted to represent clients with unlimited IRS practice rights, holds a master's of science in financial services, and is a PhD student in the American American College's Financial and Retirement Planning Doctoral Program. Besides being Camarda's Chairman and Chief Investment Officer, Jeff is also a working research academic in Wealth Matters. The Camarda team believes deeply in financial education and expertise and is proud to have Dr. Tang Wei as our Chief Financial Analyst, who is also a university professor and working wealth research academic. Camarda Wealth Advisor Group offers private wealth management, including no commission portfolio management through Camarda Financial Advisors and other financial services as described in our boring end of the show disclosure. Folks, you are back to yet another edition of Camarda's Wealth Education Radio. You're here with me, Jeff. I want to be a doctor, Camarda. Getting pretty close, folks. Hope that my dissertation wrapped up uh, by the summer of 16. Sonia, embraceable her, embraceable you, Elia. How are you today, Sonia? I'm wonderful. How you are you? You don't sound wonderful. Okay. Let's just say you look better than you sound, okay? And leave it at that. <laughs> Rob uh, Bulmu Shevlin, alias Ghostbusters esque Egan, and Dr. Sleep Anesthesiology himself. How are things in financial anesthesiology land, Rob? They are fine. They are very, can you be a bit more sonorous about well, let's that? Let's put it this way. At least I'm not being compared to characters out of... Uh, Rob, the microphone's over there. If we're going to have to strap your, your moose head to that thing. Jeez, come on. Pay attention. Keep your nose on the mic. Okay. You're not being compared to who? Alfred, one of the characters with Alfred E. Newman. Who's Alfred E. Newman? Yeah, Mad, Magazine? Mad Magazine. I never Mad Magazine. The, I always said I reminded people of a character from that. Now that which... you mention it, and also Johnny Hotstocks, <laughs> come on, all the way up from Ocala Horse Country. How are you, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good thing? Yeah, it's a winny winny situation. That reminds me of a horse that went through the bar joke. We'll have to tell that during a break. Oh, yes, you should. So, uh, folks, we have a very exciting show for you today. Well, first of all, as I promised on the last show, we'll be uh, um, the, uh, giving folks some of the, uh, um, the, the details as to why um, our uh, nine dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid the report. Uh, is uh, has become so popular in a recent mailing, extensive mailing that we did to a select list. Um, and I'd like to read an excerpt uh, now and again to uh, help uh, stimulate your juices and, and hopefully encourage you to call for your free no-obligation report because I think it could really help you. So the question is, has the stock market gotten too bubbly again? 
Uh, and the market obviously has done very well up until now. We hit a couple of bumps over the summer. Things seem to have smoothed out a bit. But many investors seem increasingly uneasy about the stock market. And many market pros are widely expecting a major downturn, if not real soon, and certainly in the months um, to come, even beyond the recent instability that we saw from August through, uh, um, really through mid-October. Now, even with the last downdraft, the fact is the S&P 500 is more than tripled. That snorting you hear is um, is uh, resident moose that, that now he's got so many times to the microphone and didn't untie the moose. Would you please? Uh, it's like it's getting very sad. Valuations. <laughs> uh, people's Trying to get back on track. The S&P 500 is more than tripled in the past several years, and valuations are still somewhat frothy. Uh, in many respects, the world economic picture is still pretty bleak. And the virtual certainty of interest rate hikes has cast a dark cloud over the market's future. What if the worst is coming? Can your nest egg survive another 2008-type event? Can your peace of mind? Do you have any strategies in place to protect you if that happens again? It took you years, probably, to build your wealth. Another 2008 could deliver a knockout punch that you might not recover from. A punch of techniques in our free report just might help you um, recognize and avoid. So without further ado, we strongly encourage you to request this free educational product. I think you find, uh, it, it, I think you'll feel it's very valuable in our situation, but you've got to call us 24-7. Uh, lines are open, either mechanically answered or otherwise. Um, if you call us over the weekend, you can just leave a message and won't have to talk to us if you don't want to. Uh, but you got to call to get your report, 800-262-1083, 800-262-1083. Okay, somebody tethered the, news, the moose back up to the uh, microphone so we can begin our robust uh, dialogue. So, Rob, let me ask you a question, Rob, Robbie the Moose. As a financial advisor by any other name, this is a piece from, uh, I think, the, uh, the Wall Street Journal, about the profusion and confusion of, uh, of uh, um, descriptions used for folks in our business. As advisory firms search for new, more descriptive titles, what's the, um, what term would you use to, um, to describe folks like us? I mean, in terms of what we do professionally. <laughs> oh, well, when you put it that way. <laughs> we are fiduciaries, first and foremost, for our clients. Thank you, Johnny. And not all people who want to use the term advisors can claim to be acting in a fiduciary capacity. Could you for say their that clients. like in a curly stooge voice? <laughs> hey, like, I'm a fiduciary. Is that like, is that like, is that like waterways? That's but now, be, before we get we drill down to that level, I mean, financial advisor, right, or wealth manager, um, the financial planner. You know, mm-hmm. used to be stockbroker, insurance agent, accountant, tax preparer. You knew pretty much what the person does, but now it's really utterly confusing. And yet, you know, you have you know dedicated annuity salespeople. And God bless them, annuities you know, have in the right fact pattern, makes sense in a lot of cases, but calling themselves financial advisors. But they're not. They're annuity salespeople. Right. Know, so it really is kind of misleading. Yeah, and I saw another piece also that talked you know, quite critically about people who are, who are selling, who are salespeople and selling stuff versus uh, advisors who are giving advice with the client's best interest at heart. In fact, there was uh, uh, one of our well-known senators who replaced cryogenic Ted recently came out, you know, hammering annuities. Well, that's a crystal clear reference. Uh, annuity salespeople 
because they have conflicts of interest because of the trips that they can go on and it affects the advice they can render. We don't have such conflicts because we don't take advantage of these trips. If, if we recommend an annuity, it's because there's a reason that it's in the client's best interest to utilize so Certainly it. when we're acting as, as registered investment advisors. But I wasn't looking for you to shill us so much. It's really just to talk no, about... Uh, that's okay. I appreciate the shill. You're a good shill. You know, thank good shill, Rob. Good shill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But United Capital, which is one of the, 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 the really arising consolidator of uh, advisory practices, calls its uh, um, uh, its folks financial life managers. <laughs> financial that life so lovely. Uh, this fellow, uh, Jimmy Lee, a chief executive of Las uh, Vegas-based wealth consulting group, refers to himself and other advisors on his staff as personal CFOs. Personal CFOs. Uh, others use financial coach, financial quarterback, financial concierge. And financial guru. Who you? <laughs> guru. Um, so I wonder if this is, and, and, and so many just call themselves wealth managers, and, and it goes on. So I wonder if that, you know, do you think that is improving clarity and helping people understand or making it worse? No, I think it creates utter confusion. The, uh, and interestingly, they quote uh, Dina Katz, uh, wife mm-hmm. of my friend, uh, Professor Harold Avinsky at Texas Tech, uh, Professor Avinsky. And Dina says that people are trying to find a different spin. It just makes me laugh, she says. And, and Dina works out of uh, Coral Gables, I think, and, and also Texas offices and teaches, also teaches the Texas Tech. Yep. Um, but she and others were also worried in rebranding themselves. Advisors may be confusing some people who are in desperate need of financial help. And the problem, says Credits, is that a, a name might suggest an actual credential and signal that the advisor has gone through rigorous training like the annuity salespeople we mentioned earlier, call themselves financial advisors, as is the case with certain designations, such as CFP, CHFC, and so forth, when in fact they haven't. And I think that's a real issue. Yeah, it's like the uh, years ago people called a financial life planner. Mm-hmm. Well, there may be certain education that you, you, you took for that that was given by one or two people around the country who created this branding, so to speak. And, and, and there was some value for the approach that they used, but it doesn't necessarily mean... Uh, that they're any better. It's just a different approach to how you try to solve uh, or you, dis- you discuss topics of interest for your clients that are relevant. Yeah. I would like to have a female voice. Tanya, we're talking about the, uh, Thank you. <laughs> the names that people use in our <laughs> business to refer to themselves. Do you have any commentary on that? It helps to refresh her. <laughs> Thank you. you get get her, her gaze away from the mirror. Go I ahead, appreciate Tanya. appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, no, that is, the, those were really lovely names. What yeah. was the first one you said? A financial I like the financial concierge. A financial Life management, I should coast, that sounds CFO. so reassuring. Mm. I feel like I'm in good hands, but it means nothing. I'm just going to whisk you away to wealth. <laughs> yes, just get exactly. in the back, sit back, have a I cocktail. I have to do nothing and, and have no responsibility. I like the way that sounds. Um, so, no, I think it's important to understand who you're working with and what their objective is. And, and I think it's very misleading, whether it's intended to or not, to give it these really warm and fuzzy names. So, but folks, after the break, and I think that was an excellent point you brought up, uh, Egan, uh, Rob Moose uh, guy uh, to <laughs> <laughs> half, half Moose half guy. Uh, folks, you know we'll we'll continue with this. We'll get into the fiduciary angle and also talk about some credentials that are meaningful and you might want to seek out advice and some you might want to avoid. And also, folks, by the way, the humor, the levity that we try to enjoy. Obviously, we're having a good time and and we enjoy providing this education to you. Um, and uh, hopefully, we'll entertain and amuse you as a tool to keep your interest uh, longer and, and maybe uh, transfer more 
uh, valuable information to you. So it's the humor and the levity is intentional, and hopefully most of our listeners like that. Uh, stay with you, come on, Wealth Education Leaders, and don't forget to call for your free report, the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them before perhaps it is too late, 800-262-1083. That's 800-262-1083. Ba-bump. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. This show is previously recorded. For private or on-air questions or to request free white papers or other educational materials or to schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matter, call us at 888-CAMARDA. Write it down, folks. 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Charlie Alpha, Mike Alpha, Romeo, Delta Alpha, 888-CAMARDA. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies. Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and other ways we can think that you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA, that's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review now. Folks, you are back with your Commodore Wealth Education leaders. And as promised in previous segments, um, the it, long-time listeners, even recent listeners, should know that we have written a report called The Nine Biggest Dangers Facing Today's Investor uh, and How to Avoid Them. We'd like you to have a free copy, no cost, no obligation. Um, the, this has become quite popular. In fact, we sent a, a recent mailing out to a select list. Perhaps you were on it. Probably not. Uh, but uh, um, uh, I'd like to read you some of the experts uh, from uh, excerpts from that uh, that mailing because it may help to clarify why this would be useful to you and uh, and perhaps encourage you to call to get your copy possibly before it's too late. So you wonder, is there an investor's perfect storm coming? Of course, no one knows for sure. And of course, the stock market could keep going up after the recent stumbles. And the bond market could continue its 30-year historic run indefinitely, though I think that's quite unlikely, especially with the noise the Fed has been making about December. But the investment world is always a dangerous one, and forces may be lining up to spawn perhaps a perfect storm for investors where nearly everything that you've invested in that you may have invested in your portfolio, if it's not structured um, in a more drilled way, Uh, might be at high risk of big losses. If you're like many of the investors that we see uh, pretty much day in and day out, you may have a lot of names or different types of investments and funds and stocks on your statement, but virtually all or many are exposed to the same type of concentrated market danger. We see this quite frequently. Very odds are very high that uh, um, uh, you'd see it in yours if uh, if you took a look uh, with the the x-ray machine that uh, we can uh, uh, help you to maybe construct with this report. Well, you can never be certain, doesn't it make sense to educate yourself on strategies that might possibly protect and preserve your wealth before the bottom drops out, if that's good, if the worst comes to pass? Find out by reading the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them. Call us at 800-262-1083 for your free, no-cost, 
no obligation report. Heck, call over the weekend or in the evening if you don't want to talk to a live person, though we promise to be very pleasant and not pushy. Uh, but there's no cost or obligation. To get it, you must call us at 800-262-1083. Now, on with the show. So, Rob, before the break, you promised to give me a Curly Stooge rendition of Fiduciary. And I haven't heard that yet. I've been practicing Rob. Uh, honestly, no. Uh, well, so let's say, well, go <laughs> and, 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 it, and it shows or it hears. So way. let's say, you know, let's say, you know, how come that uh, Rob, try it now, okay? I'm going to try to tee this up, see if you can stay with me. How come you have to put, your, as an investment advisor, as an investment advisor, your client's interest before your own? Because? One is the right thing to do. No, because. <laughs> <laughs> No, because you're a fiduciary. Oh, okay. I, my license requires it. Your license requires it. I have a Series 65, and I work for a registered investment advisor. Well, again, I, but let's be clear. When you're acting as a registered investment advisor, fiduciary investment advisor representative, and sometimes you are and sometimes you're not, so it's important to clarify that you know the duty that an investment advisor owes to clients. But so what does a fiduciary need to do? First of all, I think they need to do a thorough investigation into the client's situation to make sure that if they're going to render good advice, they really have done a thorough job understanding the complete picture. Yeah, they, everybody had, does. And they, had, they have a duty to put the client's interest first before right. their own, which is not true for stockbrokers or insurance agents or mm-hmm. other commission sales folks. There's a suitability standard in most cases that means that um, the, um, the, it's okay to sell very, very expensive products, you know, a high commission product is just as suitable as a low-commission product. But it's not better for the client, is it? Because that commission comes out of the client's pocket. Right. And it doesn't guarantee that the, adv- that the solution or advice is the best either. No, no. And, and, nor, and nor, you know, might, might that happen for a fiduciary. But, you know, the, the, the fiduciary, and you can't guarantee that the, 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 their advice is going to wind up being the best. But you have a duty to put the client's interest before your own. And a good way to look at it is the advice that you give yourself. Not, you know, clouded by compensation considerations, what you do for yourself if you're, or your family or, if, you know, or a close friend um, or the trustee is a fiduciary for a trust, right? Absolutely. All right. The, uh, what's your take on that? Uh, Sonia, we're talking about fiduciary obligations of investment advisors as contrasted to um, the, uh, the Sonia's pick of – Like, oh, uh, my gosh. I feel we just called her on the phone. Hey, Sonia, you want to uh, talk about investments? Okay. My gosh. My God, I don't really feel prepared right now to talk about it. Can what? we talk about something else? I'm supposed to say, oh, so what are we, highbrow. What, what, are we talking, what are we talking about again? Where are we? Now, some of you know, in the valley. I think, you know, go reach deep down and fall in that brain and give me an intelligent <laughs> response. Would you please? It's good to be a fiduciary. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good to work with one. And why is that? <laughs> that sounds so reasonable. Well, I mean, do you really want to work with somebody who doesn't? care about you first or think about what the best need is or best way to meet your need or i mean not, it, you know everybody wants like to make doctor. some money and, a good, and that's a, a good thing and it's a great analogy like if you walk into a car dealership do you think that the car salesperson is there to put your interest first or to make money on selling you a car no they want they want to sell me the bmw when i want the accord yeah. That's an interesting, it's like my why, that's it's an like interesting call, dealership. Like and, why, and why is that? Because the BMW is better for you or better for them? It makes them more money. It makes them more money. ka And that's the reason. And that really is a good analogy. Because, But most people don't 
connect that when they talk to a, a stockbroker or insurance agent or other financial advisor. And you say financial advisor, it makes them all sound the same, but they're not. Um, you kind of think that, you know, the biases, you think they're going to put your interest first. And do they do much to dissuade that mistaken belief? No. There's, so. there's, there's lack of transparency. Do no. you, you think they kind of take advantage of the people's, you know, uh, assumption that they're putting them first? Probably. Yeah, so back to Sonny's point, you, you certainly would want, if you, you had the choice, I want somebody that's going to put my, of course, you got to make money. You know, you're a professional. This is, you know, the, the compensation is, is, is fair, but you want the advice to be what's best for me, for me, not what's best for them. And a lot of times when you're dealing with a stockbroker, you know, at a wirehouse insurance company, they're, they're pushing the products that make the most money for them and for their, um, uh, and for their company. So I'd like to seg into a, a piece from Jason uh, uh, Zewig's, uh, the Intelligent Investor in the Wall Street Journal, that really speaks to this, how municipal bonds yield 4% in a 2% world. And I, if you see fat yields, he says, of 4% for muni bonds in your brokerage account statement, don't believe them. Overstating the expected income on muni bonds and brokerage or advisory accounts is one of the most pervasive and pers- persistent ways the financial industry fools the investing public. Uh, it was going on when I was a Cub bond reporter in 1988 and still going on strong. And it's true, the statements you look at, you see these big numbers, but they're really not true. And why? The Barclays Municipal Bond Index, a measure of the market for these tax-free bonds issued by state and local authorities, yields 2.2%. That's the market rate. Even the Vanguard long-term taxes and funds specializing in muni bonds maturing way in the future only yields 2.3%. That's the going rate for new paper, right? So how do you, many brokers and financial advisors be such astute bond pickers they can claim to be earning yields of 4% and up without jeopardizing your capital? Any ideas, esteemed panel? I don't know, but I'd like to know. Well, I'll tell you, and we see this all the time, but it's important that the, they can't. The yields are an illusion. Brokers and financial advisors are able to report the yield on many muni bonds without adjusting for the inevitable decline in price, thus significantly overstating the income that you'll earn. Why? Because a lot of times people will buy bonds for more than face value, right, at a premium. Mm-hmm. Because if you know, and it may be an old bond that was paying 4% way back when interest rates were higher, but you had to say if it's a thousand dollar bond, just a simple example, is that bond going to trade for a thousand dollars now? What's it going to trade at? Trade for less. Uh, it's going to trade for more. Well, it's going to be a premium. More than a premium. Somebody you know, just unless testing. rates go yeah. up, then it could trade as a discount. Somebody <laughs> check the moose's medication. That's the rate the, uh, is over the coupon payment, Rob. Yeah, well, the, well, well, clearly there's a difference. You got a current yield, and then you got the yield. Yeah, we'll to talk the about that <laughs> after the break. At our okay? bond class, yeah. James Bond. So the uh, this Jane Bund actually, Bund. Oh, yeah, German, yeah, German blonde Jane Bund in the oven. <laughs> so the uh, uh, so the, if you pay more because if I pay say twelve hundred, I'm not doing the math, but just to make it simple. If I pay twelve hundred dollars, you know, and get that that four percent coupon or forty dollars per year per thousand, and do the math, it works out to two percent, which is what the bond, which is what the interest rate is now. Mm-hmm. So people overpay. For instance, if you had, would you buy a brand new bond at two percent? If somebody is uh, selling you one at four percent, of course not. That's how the bond market equilibrates for for changes in interest rates. Mm-hmm. So beware. We see this all the time. A lot of folks will pay more than the bond is worth, and they're going to get less back when it matures. But that's completely off their radar. It's a guaranteed loss of principal, and we'll continue with this after the break because I think it's an important topic and it really deserves uh, more uh, um, the, uh, the more discussion. 
And folks, if you want to see insider, I don't say secrets, but you know, but these, these these kind of you know nuggets that you may not be aware of, call for our free report, 800-262-1083. The nine biggest dangers facing today's investor, like this one, and how to avoid them, 800 262 1083. Stay with you, Kamara Wealth Education leaders, for more of the moose in just a moment. You're listening to the Camarda Brothers plus the Antlin Rob on WER Wealth Education Radio. Better planning, better wealth, better wealth, better life. Tell your friends about the Camarda Wealth Leaders right here on this station. This show is recorded, but you have questions to be answered privately or on the air if you wish or want free reports or other educational materials. Uh, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A.